filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It is your buddy Gavin, Filibuster Freestyle, a.k.a. the filibusterfreestyle.com. Not the, though, just filibusterfreestyle.com. And on the phone, the Andrew Patterson. What's up, buddy? Gavin, I am uh, very excited to be joining you via FaceTime audio tonight because uh, frequent listeners of the uh, podcast may know that I pace when I talk. Yes. And you genuinely, generally find that uh, very confusing and uh, distracting yes. when we're doing a FaceTime yeah. podcast. So now you just get the audio and you don't need to know that I am just pacing around my house like a madman. Right. Now, one thing I do want to do at some point is I want to do a face. I don't know if you watched the other day, but I did a little vignette with Andy Maslin where I had a FaceTime call within a Facebook Live where I held Andy Maslin's face up to the screen so everybody could I, see I it. actually missed this, but it sounds fantastic. It's on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash freestyle. Now, Andy didn't really do a good job of keeping his face in the shot. You get a good look at the top of his head. But okay. what I thought would be perfect for you at some point is to do one with you so that everybody else can go on the roller coaster ride that is talking to you for an interview on the phone on Facebook, yeah. on, on FaceTime regular, not FaceTime audio. Yeah, I think it's something that has to be uh, experienced, I've been told, by uh, multiple people. Yeah, so I want to give the, the filibuster freestyle fans and listeners a chance to do that. That won't be tonight, but that will be soon. I promise everybody. Um Tonight we're going to do something that we've been talking a little bit about, which is, if those of you who recall from 17 months ago when Westworld premiered, or ended, I should say, the first season of it ended, in uh, early December of 2016, um, Andrew Patterson and I were doing kind of like bi-weekly updates on Westworld, trying to get into it. Uh, It has been a long time since then, and it would be ridiculous for he and I to try to recall what happened and to uh, suppose what will happen next, because... We got 10 weeks of episodes, and then we've had 17 months of nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if people are interested in our in our takes, I suggest they go through the um, archives. Correct. Listen, listen to our season one, because I actually will be honest with you, in order to prep when I'm ready for season two, I will probably uh, listen back to our podcast of last season to remind myself of what happened and what I thought of it. Well, guess what? That's a great, that's a great segue that... On our website, filibusterfreestyle.com, there's actually a section called Game of Thrones, Westworld, HBO-related shows. Those are all going to be aggregated very well right there. So uh, Easy access. I like it. That's what we're talking about. It's almost like we've had 17 months to prepare for season two of Westworld. Yeah, right. Now, the thing we are going to do tonight, and I do want to give a couple shout-outs before we do, but just to give people a sense, is... In the 17 or 16 months since the show last aired, a lot has gone down, and you and I are going to cover some of the real-world things that happened while Westworld was on hiatus, many of which yeah. were pretty Westworldian, if I may say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the basic premise of tonight's show is um, we did a podcast about a dystopian world yep. and a dystopian future, yep. and in the 17 months since the last episode of that TV show... We now live, I feel like, in a dystopian world, in a dystopian future. So um, it's really been quite the journey. Well said, 100%. We, we, we are so much more dystopian than we were 16 months ago. Yeah, uh, 100%. Way more, way more dystopian, dude. Wicked dystopian. Yeah. 
fake band name of the week. They're a, they're a Dropkick Murphys tribute band, Wicked Dystopian. Anyway, um, actually, and I don't, I can't recall it offhand, but you texted a great fake band of the name, uh, fake band name of the week, just two days ago. Was it? Uh, was it? It was as one of two. It was either Egyptian. Uh, crap. That was it. Egyptian. Um, oh, it was. It was Egyptian binge. Egyptian binge. Yes. And that's a nice segue too, because for some reason this week, somebody or some bodies in Egypt went on a binge of the filibuster freestyle because. Alexandria, Egypt, is the number two listening place in the world on the filibuster freestyle. And they, whoever listened in Egypt, you are the genesis and the inspiration for the band name Egyptian Binge. Thank you for yeah. listening. Number Congratulations. Th- number three is our friends in Ashburn, Virginia. But let me just say something. With 188 listens this week, I'm not sure why it took them so long to find us, and then they went all in. Somebody or some bodies in Athens, Georgia, home of the University of Georgia Bulldogs, listened to us 188 times this week, actually in one day. So, um, <laughs> In one day? And again, I don't that, think... Does that require listening to multiple podcasts at the same time? I think so, and I also think that we don't even have 188 episodes. Like We're close, but I feel like yeah. we're in the 160s or 150s or even 170s. There's no way we're pushing 200. So, Hey, I have to say one thing I appreciate about the filibuster freestyles, like um, way is that it is the only podcast out there that does not, like, count its episodes or break down into seasons. Um, no, no, we just go. And it, and it allows you a lot more freedom to go about this, this podcast how you wish. I no mean, question. I know I'm selling the podcast on the podcast <laughs> to the host. Yeah. But um, if you happen to be listening, binge listening 188 episodes in a row, and you just come across this gym in the middle, this may be why... You're able to binge listen. Correct. A lot of the things, a lot of the topics uh, aren't that timely. You know, they're, I mean, the five, the top five bands from Philadelphia from two years ago are probably still pretty much the same top five. So Yeah, there's not been a Philadelphia, uh, um, unreal Philadelphia music explosion in the last two years. Correct. No offense, uh, there's Philadelphia. There's also a new fake band name of the week. Uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia explosion? music explosion. <laughs> Philadelphia music explosion. Fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, really quickly, another couple other places listening, but then I want to get back to Philadelphia for a second, too. This is great. You're like segueing the host tonight, Andrew. Good stuff. Um, I like it. I like, I like when, I can, uh, when I can, you know, take my zero minutes of notes and just pop in like I was born to be here. Yep. Uh, you are the maestro of the non-production meeting, production meeting. Um, yeah. So anyway, Australia was in third place as a nation this week. Nothing like Down Under giving us some love. Uh, other nations listening, the United Kingdom, Brazil, Portugal. So the folks who speak Portuguese in both sides of the Atlantic are loving it. Ireland, which I get. Future sister-in-laws from Ireland might have some friends there. Singapore and Poland, though, I'm at a loss. I'm just really excited that you listen, everybody. I'm really excited you listen. Yeah, wow. I mean, you don't get it. Do you get into those European, Eastern European block nations very much? I feel like you're expanding even a little bit more of your global outreach. Every once in a while, the Ukraine or Russia will pop up. But, uh, okay. yeah, n- never Poland before, to my knowledge. So that's good stuff. Um, all right, back to Philadelphia. We now have the first ever former – no, I don't want to say former, but somebody who has once appeared on this show is now the head basketball coach at LaSalle University – I want to give it up for friend of the podcast, our buddy Ashley Howard, named today head coach, men's basketball, LaSalle University, after winning two championships in three years, the last three years, during his time at Villanova as an assistant. Big props to my man, Drexel Dragon alum, like me, Ashley, excuse me, Ashley Howard. Congrats, buddy. 
Yeah, congrats. That's a big. Uh, that's a big time job for a. Uh, well, he's a big time coach. What's that? Two in the last three years. So. Absolutely. Ashley Howard is a, is a Philadelphia guy. Uh, I'm actually scared because uh, LaSalle is in the same league as Davidson. And, um, you know, I, Ashley Howard knows how to recruit and coach, which means we're going to, you know, our job defending the championship that the Davidson just won gonna, just got that much harder. So congratulations yeah. to him. Also, congratulations to Patrick Reed, who just won the Masters for the first time. Good for you, buddy. Uh, he won about 20 minutes ago, and here we are in our podcast. Okay. Andrew, anything? Oh, shoot. Rene Rancourt, you, why don't you take it away? You're the bigger Bruins fan than me. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, you don't need to be much of a Bruins fan to really know who Rene Rancourt is. I'm sure if you've ever watched a Bruins game at the TD Garden um, and you see Rene Rancourt sing the national anthem, if you're a Bostonian, you're a big fan. If you're from not Boston, he's the guy who uh, looks like your creepy next-door neighbor. Uh, In a tux. Sings, sings up decent version of the national anthem i guess yeah decent um, decent you know not great. i don't know so much as to get like the residents in training apparently for the td bank garden for however many years uh and then just does fist pumps awkward fist pumps afterward after the um after the national anthem i understand he's an institution uh you know i, I don't have the same fondness for him that i think other ruins fans do but how about I that dis- I, I don't dislike the guy no how can you how can you dislike him right Right, he's he's he is what he is. But well, all I know is pundit Cindy Harrington and her father uh, are at the game tonight, in part because the Bruins can clinch first place in the Atlantic Division and the number one seed, uh, and in part because it's Renee Rancourt's last regular season game. Which now that they're going to be in the playoffs for at least four more games and at least two more home games, a little bit less. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a little bit less uh, meaningful, but still, you know, right. nice, right? I mean, you have to do it, I guess, because once you hit into the playoffs, you don't, you could ostensibly not know when that last game is going to be. Correct. It could get ripped away from you. So you, you, you honor the guy tonight and do it that way. No question. Makes sense. All right, so here we go. Let's get into, the, let's get into what's happened since uh, the last time Westworld was on the air in December, early December of 2016. So number one, two weeks prior to that, Donald Trump was elected president. And everything associated with Donald Trump's presidency could probably take up spots one through like a thousand on this list. So we're going to try to keep this thing as Trump-free as possible because, f- frankly, we could be talking about Trump for the next 25 minutes. Right, right, exactly. And that would take forever and but, just – that's enough as an explanation as people need. Yeah, duly noted. We know that many things President Trump has been involved in in the last 17 months. <laughs> Have have and should be covered, but we're not necessarily going to cover them on purpose. Yeah, and a, and a, and a, and a bonus and a bonus point to that would be uh, we want this to be fun to discuss. Yes, uh, and really, what is less fun than discussing the Trump presidency? Uh, there's not much. So correct. But let's let's go to something that happened early on in the presidency that was actually um, very interesting because it, it allegedly and by allegedly I mean factually drew more people to it than his actual inauguration, which was back in January seventh the Women's March in Washington, D.C. Yes. Um, um, any hot takes I there? I feel like there's been a lot of Women's Marches since then, but Correct. this is the original one, the start of the whole movement, as it were. I'm taking it. Correct. And I would say this was definitely a significant factor in, in what we'll cover later in the hashtag MeToo movement. Um, this is certainly a, a beginning uh, roar of things to come uh, in terms of uh, protesting, the, or I don't want to say protesting, but... Um, 
I don't even know what I want to say there. I just like the Me Too. I, so, I like the I, Mar- Women's March. I like the Me Too mu- movement. It, it's one of those. It's one of those moments that I think you're living and you know is going to be in history textbooks. Yeah, there you go. I like that. You know, like well when said. that happened, I was like, okay. Like I read about Vietnam War protests. I saw I saw protests to the first Iraq War, but they didn't hit the level that that did immediately right off the bat. Correct. That's good. That's well said. Um, so moving on in much less serious fashion, but in, in very dramatic fashion, the Patriots in February of 2017 won a dramatic Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons. They were losing 28 to three and came back and won in overtime. Phenomenally crazy historic thing. And what's even more amazing is, is also since Westworld hasn't been on, and this jumps forward a whole year, the Philadelphia Eagles, who have never won a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl against those same Patriots in fairly dramatic fashion in that Tom Brady threw for 500 yards and lost to an Eagles team that scored like a zillion points in the Patriots. Yeah, uh, led by a guy who was not, you know, basically almost not in the NFL for most of the year as a backup. Yeah, scrap heap quarterback and Nick Foles, who now is like a cult hero, uh, to all Philadelphians everywhere. And, I mean, you know, the Patriots coming back from 28-3 was improbable, and the Eagles, with their backup quarterback, winning the Super Bowl for the first time ever in franchise history, also improbable. That is some made-up stuff like you'd see in Westworld, but it happened yeah, in the real world. Yeah, I mean, it's like short version, there's been two Super Bowls. Longer version, there's been two Super Bowls that many people will describe as their best Super Bowl, their favorite Super Bowl of all time. There's been two historic Super Bowls. Yes, since Westworld's been on the air. Since Westworld last ended. Correct. Okay, the Oscars... This is since... um, I'm trying to make a Westworld reference here, and I can't even get the actor or the character, the man in black. Who plays the man in black? Oh, Ed Harris. Ed Harris, right. So this is... All of this has happened since Ed Harris made that creepy, weird smile towards the woods... When the Westworld characters started shooting at the humans, realized they could fight back. Yes, yeah. which, by the way, I'm really excited about. I just can't, you know, it's like three weeks away. I can't wait. It is. I can't wait away. And in retrospect, I mean, I have been thinking about Westworld since this. That moment to me is my favorite moment of the whole first season. Yeah, right. Well, because like I want to sprinkle a little Westworld talk. In please here. do. Yeah, thank say. God. Please. If we go back 17 months. Yep. 17 months. Seven to 16 months. 16 months to uh, Westworld. That's the moment that I still remember the best. We were talking about, you know, I'll have to listen to our podcast to, yeah. like, reacquaint myself with the show. And yeah. I, st- I will. But that moment stands out. Yeah, for sure. And it's a big moment because it really sets up season two, which I think is going to be even better than season one for a number of reasons, which maybe we'll get into, like, right before it starts or certainly in week one or two yeah, after a couple it of weeks. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, the Oscars had the 2017 Best Picture mix-up, which Moonlight belatedly won after Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway somehow messed up the announcement and said the wrong film, I believe, La La Land first. And then they, yes, bu- and then I, Jimmy I Kimmel, Yeah, and then Jimmy Kimmel and the two of them have since had a chance to correct and do another Oscars since then. Yeah, I, um, I, 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 I do not watch the Oscars. I don't either, but you remember that, don't you? Oh, sure. I remember seeing it in, like, things the next day. And I remember, uh, was it Ryan Reynolds? Who was it? Not Ryan Reynolds. Who's the other one? Ryan Gosling. Uh, Ryan Gosling, who was in it, who is, uh, he was in that La La Land. And uh, the best thing about the moment was him laughing on stage when they were announcing 
they got it wrong. <laughs> like, of all the reactions to be on stage, like, you think you're doing the best picture of the year, and then they're like, oh, no, we screwed it up. I just appreciate a guy who can sit there and laugh at how ludicrous that is, right. despite having a dream award taken from his hands. Pretty dystopian, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dystopian, United Airlines went viral for dragging a passenger off a plane in front of a million iPhones and somehow made every other air- airline look decent by comparison. Yeah, and didn't and didn't United? This is a very dark way of putting it. Didn't they just kill a dog in an overhead bin like two weeks ago? Was that United as well? I think it was. I'm not 100 percent sure. Crack Research yeah. team was off this weekend, but you know what? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Uh, what a coincidence, by the way, that the Crack Research team is off every week. I'm on. I'm on the podcast. Well, they know you're not going to do anything. Think those would be the weeks yeah. that would need to work the hardest. Well, it's interesting. You're right. Um, that's probably going to be a change I make in the bylaws of the crack research team following... Uh, yeah, is that their vacation cannot coincide with an appearance on the pod by Andrew Patterson. Fair. I think that's, a, that's, that's like rule number two, considering the first rule of Villa Buster Freestyle is there are no rules. Uh, yeah. Right. But I think that's... Uh, it's a I fair rule. That is United again. So I think, again, United itself, as a single company, has, has done two... Too epic... Failures in customer service, we'll call them. Yeah. That's a fake band name of the week. Failures in customer service? Yeah, it's also some people's, like, career. Oh, like the entire Blockbuster franchise, which is not a fault. Fantastic. I love it. Um, Speaking of things that are, are, well, this is funny, but then I want to go into something serious. But customer service failure, um, nobody does it quite the way that Congress does it. That's a very good point. People, yes. people hate Congress. Absolutely. Now, they are the worst. Just because people hate Congress doesn't mean you can shoot a congressman during baseball practice before the big congressional softball game. That happened in the real world, unfortunately. Steve Scalise, congressman, was shot at a baseball practice prior to <laughs> the congressional baseball game in Washington, D.C. That is ter- terrible, horrific stuff right there. But also incredibly dystopian, incredibly effed up, excuse my Francais, and I can't believe that's real. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and it's just, here's the thing. We're going to live through so many historical moments and historical things in our lives, but they are happening at just such a rapid pace. I mean, to think that was how many, how long ago was that? Oh, that was probably last April-ish? Right, so we're talking, what, like four or five months since Westworld had gone off the air. Yep. Since Westworld had ended, since we're since we're using that as our, we'll use that as consistent, like you know, vantage point. Correct. Um, that is, the, what the third thing that'll still that'll be written about in history books from that four month time period. I mean, you got the women's march. Yeah, women's march. I mean, you know, women's march for sure makes it. This shooting of Congress, Congress for sure makes it. Yeah. Some of those others maybe not, but yeah. um, but still. still the second. Yeah, I'd say the Women's March definitely has, has – because there's been so many more gun-related things that we're going to get to that the shooting of a congressman – I actually unfortunately forgot it even happened until I started doing research for this podcast. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. But I did not I forget mean, about the women's movement. So I think – or the women's <clears throat> march, excuse me. So you get a good point there. Something that I wish I could forget about but I can't forget about is what happened in Charlottesville last summer with the white nationalism rally, which – Really opened up long-time wounds, shine a spotlight on how emboldened racist and racist nationalism are right now, or I should say were in 2017 and still are. Um, 
I don't really want to give that more than the time that we've already given it because I, I friggin' hate racists. Um, yeah. But but that was a big eloquently said big and, and also very gentle. Yeah. Yeah, I actually feel a lot more strongly than friggin' hate. But, um, <laughs> right. I mean, like, you, you, you almost sounded like you were coming off easy on racist with that statement. I, I, I understand. But believe me, if it wasn't a family-friendly yes. podcast, I would say a couple other words that began with F, and they aren't right. family well, and they aren't the thing, friendly. And here's the dilemma I think you're stuck in with this, because it's still relatively new, is, like, people did that so they could divert attention away from really what people are protesting. Do you know what I mean? Like, Correct. That, like, they co-opted something that was really supposed to be about, like, hey, maybe we should not have statues to people who enslaved millions. And yeah, millions them. of human beings. Like, that does not seem like such a controversial take to me. Right. Like, to make that's that a hot, hot take. Yeah, that's to a make completely that a- normal, like, yeah, we should not have monuments to these men. Right. Not a hot take. Also, and instead of talking about that and having a reasonable discussion about that, they're able to insert themselves and... Well, you know, and it works because it makes regular people so incensed that they have to defend hating slave owners. <laughs> right. Like, I shouldn't have to defend myself for disliking slave owners. Also, not to get too riled up, um, but the people who fought on the side of the South were traitors to America. Yeah. And again, yeah. I live in the South. I'm not saying Southerners don't love America because, frankly— Come, come these days, Southerners love themselves some America. But my point yeah. is, when you quit on America and started another country, you were traitors. Right. And so, and, 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 and it was never a, it was, it's not a controversial take. They want to turn into this country. So, like, how do you remove our history? Uh, no, you guys can still talk about how you rebelled against yeah, we're the just United not gonna, States. We're just not going to champion enslaved it. enslaved millions of people. We're just not going to, like, celebrate it. Right. We're not going to, we're not going to allow you to put that in public. Feel free to. Talk about that amongst yourselves. Oh, you can do it in public, too. Just know I'm judging you. But I'm not going to give money to celebrate it because I'm not going to pay taxes to clean these monuments nope. or, and take care of these monuments to celebrate your nope. racism. Well said. <laughs> we got to move on from this one quickly. Um, yes. Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor actually fought in a boxing match last August. Yeah. That was something... Yeah, I, I can't believe that was... That was since Westworld, I would have I would have sworn that was two years ago. No, that was like last summer. I think it was either August or September. What's crazy is, and you're a UFC guy, and I actually like boxing more than I let on. Um, that was talked about forever as a complete farce, and it really happened since yeah. Westworld went off the air. Yeah, <coughs> and it wasn't. It was actually ended up being a better fight than than it was um, than I ever thought it was going to be. Fair, um, but. And that's only the one of two crazy Conor McGregor stories that, that make this list. Correct, because even though we started this list before two to three days ago, Conor McGregor found a way to get on here twice. Why don't you take the lead on this one, too? Yeah, so uh, UFC 223 was, was last, last night, um, and the main event scheduled for most of it was Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson for the... Uh, Dana White loves to give out like interim belts and yeah. like you know all this he does it way too much okay um and so tony ferguson was the interim champion but conor mcgregor has a belt as well and so does max like max holloway um and so there's all kinds of belts going around so originally it was going to be nurmagomedov versus tony ferguson, ferguson which is like going to be just a, a huge fight great fight 
Um, Ferguson hurts his knee. Yep. And so then that's like with like a week to go. Uh, they're going to put in Max Holloway, but the fight's in New York, and New York's athletic commission is really strict and has lots of like crazy rules and a lot of good rules. And they said Max Holloway wasn't coming off of a full camp, so he wasn't going to be able to be in the main event. Meanwhile, the UFC finally decides, all right, maybe we'll strip Conor McGregor of his belt that he holds in this division because we got to get some clarity. Because actually, really quickly, really quickly, the last time he fought in the UFC, ironically, was right before the end of Westworld Season 1. Yeah, so Conor McGregor makes the list twice, and he has not fought in the UFC in that same time. Correct. That's crazy. And what did he do that got him on this list the second time? So they're going to strip Conor McGregor of his belt because he doesn't fight. He won't fight. Yep. Uh, And so Conor McGregor is in New York at the Barclays Center when they're having a press conference, and he decides to flip out. (laughs) Uh, And he goes into the press conference uninvited, as Habib Nurmagomedov's bus, the red corner, and it's, I don't know if, if McGregor knew Nurmagomedov was on that bus. Um, he goes nuts. He picks up a guardrail, throws it at the um, truck, at the, at the bus. Um, his own guys are attacking the bus, throwing stuff at it. Break a window on the bus or crack a window on the bus hurts at least one, two UFC fighters. Michael Chiesa couldn't fight because he had um, glass in his eye, uh, and I think Paul Felder, the same thing. Yeah, not a good look. No. Uh, Artem Lobov, who's one of Conor McGregor's guys, uh, got kicked out because he was attacking the bus. He was supposed to fight last night. He couldn't fight anymore. Um, and it's all because Conor McGregor's too afraid to fight Habib Nurmagomedov. If you had taken that fight a long time ago, well, then you don't have to attack a bus because your title's not going to get stripped because you already would have lost it to Habib Nurmagomedov. And you're, you at least were a big Conor McGregor fan, correct? I do. I like Conor McGregor. I love to watch him fight. I'd love to watch him fight Habib Nurmagomedov. I love saying Habib Nurmagomedov. I was going to say, you're just rolling that thing off your tongue. Him. I can't even get close. It's, it's a fun name to say. Um, but he is my... If I like Conor McGregor as a fighter, Habib Nurmagomedov is by far my favorite fighter. Oh, Nice. The dude is a beast. Well, the good news um, is, even though I know it's real, I know it's not pro wrestling, and I know that Dana White, the president of UFC, is actually really ticked off at McGregor. They stripped his title. They're pressing charges. He had a post bond the other day, 50 grand. But if these two ever do fight, people might actually buy the fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, people should be f- buying any Conor McGregor fight anyway. Got it. Uh, and people should be buying any Herbie Nurmagomedo fight anyway. No doubt. And by the way, I don't know what the over-under is what was on you using his name today, but you went over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Way over. But anyway, Habib, good for you. And uh, he won and last night. he did night. win last yeah. night. Uh, he, he dominated um, Al Iacinta, raging Al Iacinta. <laughs> raging. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, good for him. Um, yeah, so anyway, Conor McGregor uh, made $100 million to fight Floyd Mayweather and then lost his mind and actually got arrested at a UFC promo event for uh, assaulting buses and people. Good work, yeah. Conor McGregor. Um, I think cocaine's a hell of a drug, Gavin. Ooh, well, Rick James said it best. Uh, speaking of Rick James and speaking of that, that, that illicit drug, not that it's related, but whenever people go to this town, dumb things happen. Las Vegas, but... A very unfortunate thing happened in Las Vegas last October, late September. There was a concert shooting where a gunman opened fire on people basically in the street enjoying what I believe was a Jason Aldean concert. Um, That's just horrific on every level. 
gross. Hate it. Yeah, hate it. Hate it. Mind numbing to think about or talk about, but also you, it happens every few months. Yes. Yes. This was the first time. And that's time. not to diminish anything and to diminish the loss or diminish any one of those things, but it's just like exhausting to talk about or think about, which is such like a privileged point of view to look at it, which I think those, which we'll talk about later in the list, the Marjorie Stone and Douglas kids. Correct. Like, don't have and are Correct. able to do something no one else has been able to do. Exactly. But this is, you know, something that was horrific in, in, in every way, shape or form. Um, and then, you know, switching gears, but something that's also horrific, but maybe on a, on clearly on a different scale, but equally as horrific in that it has been allowed to go on so long. You have the Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, and scores of others in Hollywood, business, etc., getting torn to bits, rightfully so, by the Me Too movement. Fantastic stuff by the Me Too movement. Less than fantastic, and by that I mean deplorable, by Harvey, Kevin, and all the other jabronis who preyed on people for years from positions of power. Absolutely. I mean, I can only, and this is going to be a terrible comparison, and so I apologize. I'm, I'm not trying, I, like, you know, you know it's going to be a bad comparison when I open it up with, this is going to be a terrible comparison. Fair, yeah. Um, but, no, but no offense meant. But I think what, like, you know, what, what eventually happened is, you know, you have so, uh, social media and all this technology and people can now record stuff and, and, and tell their story instantly. Yes. And, and the more people tell these, I think women watching this were going, well, that, that's happened for years, not to make it okay, you know? Yeah. And then all of these stories groundswell up, you know? And, like, I think women watching, like, like you and I are, are, are horrified. We can't believe that. But there's right. literally hundreds of thousands, or not millions of women who are like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. Right. Like, like okay. Like, we're not at all surprised. Right. I mean, you and I have had this, a similar conversation on the pod in the past, which is, and this might even been back when like the Ferguson things were happening back in 2014, the, you know, with the violence yeah. with the police against the people of Ferguson. But as two dudes in their late 30s who happen to be white and happen to be from middle-class backgrounds, um, we, we, have, we have no idea how good we have it a lot of the times. And just like we didn't know that all these horrible things necessarily were happening for years and years and years when we were children, et cetera, to people who were not white men. Uh, it extends now, and it's just the, the cover has been blown off of it, like you said, that women have known for years that this crap happens all the time to them, and here we are walking around being like, oh, what? Right, and so this gets, this gets better to the heart of my terrible comparison, but for me, as a, and again, we've talked about this aspect of it, we were only Division three college athletes, and Division three swimming, right. we were only Division three. but, uh, but it, to me it was like, remember when the Rutgers basketball coach threw a nutty? Yes. And people were shocked yes. that a college coach acted like that? Yes. And I just remember watching it being like, my Division three swim coach acted like that to me. Yes. Like, it was not at all surprising or shocking. Not at all. I watched it and was like, oh yeah. I mean, doesn't make it okay. Literally threw stuff at me and called me terrible things. Correct. Doesn't make it okay, but it, it was happening a lot, right? Yeah, and that, that's it on a much smaller scale. I'm not trying to and way less serious. Yeah, way less scale. serious. I'm just saying that that's what it reminded me of. But, that, that that's kind of what it must be like. Right. But to your point, like you guys are shocked at this. Like this happens all the time. Right. And I just feel badly that that's the case, and that. Uh, you know, in this case, mainly women, but in the Kevin Spacey saga, actually men, uh, yeah. who had no power, were completely taken advantage of, and everybody was like, well, that's just how they are. Or sign this non-disclosure, we'll give you some money, don't talk about it. Like, yeah. holy cow. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just glad the roof's blown off of it. I really am. I think it's great. 
Yeah, I just think uh, it still has a bit more to go. You know, oh, it's going to keep done. coming. It's going to keep coming and coming. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's how it goes. Um, and then just, just to turn, to switch gears into an, 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 a place which kind of actually shows you why dumb, crazy, crazy, awful things are allowed to happen, the state of Alabama almost elected a known serial child molester in Roy Moore to the Senate despite having overwhelming evidence yeah. that he was a child molester. Yeah, right. And not only that... <clears throat> They were celebrated for not doing it. Yeah, right. Like, hey, well, Alabama, take a take a bow that. for not electing a child molester to the Senate. People wow. Were like, oh, good, good for good for the people of Alabama. Like, and by the way, it was like fifty-two to forty-eight, so it wasn't exactly a yeah. blowout either. The people of Alabama like, barely barely voted down a, a, an obvious case of pedophilia. Right. They they barely did the right thing. Right. In the face of overwhelming evidence. Correct. Congratulations, Alabama. Way to do the right thing with a gun to your head and still almost not doing it anyway. Right. <laughs> Sorry. I know I'm not perfect either, but that was weak. <laughs> yeah. Very weak. All right. Let's go to something more cosmic. There was a total eclipse of the sun. Last summer. It was. That was pretty yeah. sweet. That was pretty, pretty, that wasn't dystopian, but it was very rare. It was very rare. I, um, I, did you look at it with... Um, the special glasses? glasses? I did. I, or I did. did you go with the naked eye a la President Trump? No, no. I, I liked it the first time we actually talked about him was when he looked at the sun directly, which literally the, one of the first things you learn after don't cross the street and don't swallow your food whole is don't look at the sun, moron. <laughs> right, right. Don't, don't stare directly into the sun. And he's like, oh, and it's even worse for you when you look, you, when you look at it during an eclipse? Cool. My favorite... Um, my favorite part of all that is the people from beneath the balcony shouting, don't look. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty like sweet. Like his aides had to remind him, don't look, as he stares directly into a solar eclipse. I'm surprised he didn't blame the sun for being, like, not strong enough or, you know, he's, he's, no one's ever gazed at the sun like he's gazed at the sun. I can't believe... Oh, yeah, I'm sure he thinks, I'm sure he thinks he's... You know, you know, invincible. Basically. Literally, the most important thing to our entire uh, solar system. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna look at it. Yeah, wasn't a big deal. You're fired. Still, hey, son, still, you're fired. That is, um, and this is the only time we've really talked about him on the list. And I'm okay with talking about him in this sense. Like, you forget. We're, I mean, not you forget, but hopefully you don't forget because it's the whole point of the podcast. This is all in 17 months. All in 17 months. And technically it's 16. It'll be, it'll be about 16 and a half, 17 months when the show comes back in three weeks. So okay. it is literally... So there is still three weeks for something else just in otherworldly insane to happen. Oh, believe me. Since we've been on this podcast, I've had the TV on just in case. <laughs> I wonder if this will change the Westworld viewing experience for us for season two. It may. I wonder if we'll go from like watching it being like, wow, this is crazy. I can't believe what they're going to happen, like what they're going to come up with next into like, no. oh, this seems nice. Right. Oh, man. I I'd wish, like to live in Westworld. I wish I could blow my head off and come back to life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not to make light of any of that, but it's a television show. It's fiction. Yes. Um, okay, speaking of fiction that became reality, Facebook now massively involved in, in the election tampering by Russia in the 2016 election. Thanks, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Facebook. What started off as a way for college kids to know if each other personal. were single is now yeah. responsible for Donald Trump. <laughs> Who knew that uh, uploading all of our personal information to a private company could have, like, turned out bad? And by the How way... How are we supposed to see that one coming? If it was going to happen, I thought it would be you, Google. 
Yeah. Oh, which actually uh, reminds me. What about Equifax? They have like all of our information for credit history. Basically, every American grown-up is compromised with their their, all their information. That also happened. Didn't even make the list. Just thought of that now. No, right. I mean, like we have like literally uploaded our entire lives into the void. Correct. And then get bitter and angry when it comes back to haunt us. I'll tell you what. If I what do you mean you were collecting my personal data when I took nine thousand quizzes on which Harry Potter household should I live in? <laughs> and I'm going to share them all with people I went to high school with 20 years ago, and this is going to be the only interaction we ever have. You know, I thought about this. I had my high school reunion uh, back in November. That also happened since Westworld hasn't been on anyway. Um, but I was talking to a couple people who I interact with a decent amount on Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I have nothing to talk to you about. Like, if, if not, like, I already know all the small talk crap because I talked to you on Facebook. Right. But all we have is small talk crap because I haven't actually been friends with you. In tw- like, I haven't even been acquaintances yeah. with you in 20 years. Right. And the other thing, the, the thing that I find uniquely awkward about, like, bumping into people I'm only friends with on Facebook and haven't seen in, in years yeah. is, like, what level of personal information is it good for you to know without mm. being creepy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like... What what can I reasonably say I know about? Like, you know, not that I'm sta- – like, I don't want to sound like Facebook stalkerish. You know what I mean? Like, right. should I remember this? I, yeah. I, and then also, like, when I don't know anything about you because I don't pay attention to anything <laughs> you put on there, like, at what level is it rude that I don't know? Correct. Let me you ask you. Let me ask you this. Actually, you can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have you give a verdict on what my, my, one of my Facebook behaviors. Okay. So one of the things I do is I would say ninety percent of my Facebook friends. I wish a happy birthday if I happen to catch that it's their birthday on like you know Facebook pushes birthdays every every day. Yeah. If I really haven't talked to you in forever, or like we were barely Facebook friends like eight years ago when we became friends. I won't happy birthday yet, but if like we were ever actually real friends and we're Facebook friends now, even if I haven't talked to you in like six years, I'll hit you up with a happy birthday. Is that? I always think those are friendly. I, 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 agree. I do not do that. Um, I, 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 I'm very rarely on Facebook at all anymore. I yeah. go on there and I like stuff. I don't think I've put a post up in forever. Yeah. Um, so, and I think at a certain level you create, you, people pay attention to that. And they know that, like, oh, Gavin says happy birthday every year. I think people, I think people remember that. Well, yeah. Um, it's not like something you can start six years after being Facebook friends with that person and not having spoken to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, most likely. I, like, I agree. You, like, it has to be something you like. You've always done it. It's not like something like mm. now, ten years into Facebook, yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah. Randomly say happy birthday to this one girl I went to high school with. Well, you know what was funny, though, is I did it the other day to somebody, and they actually wrote back and were like, nice to hear from you. I'm like, I mean, I said happy birthday. I said, right. <laughs> that doesn't count. Like, we, we, you know, I literally was pushed a notification that it was your birthday, and I was like, meh, okay, yeah. ha- have a which life. Is, which is good for you. That's more, that's more effort than I put in. Right, and, and I think doing that's fine, but I also stopped someone being like, nice to hear from you. I'm like, well, that was, that, that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not desperate to talk to you. I was just being nice. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of being nice, um, Loyola Chicago went to the Final Four just recently. Holy they cow. Did. Yeah, that was a great uh, – who doesn't love every few years when an 11 seed or like a double-digit seed makes a run, makes a long run? You're at a school that um, America fell in love with, albeit before you got there. But, yep, uh, Davidson College. People, and, and, and I will say this, though. 
people still know Davidson from that run 10 years later better than they ever did in the 140 years before that run. So It, it doesn't hurt that one of the best players in the NBA is a Davidson alone. Correct, very, correct. But anyway... Very, and part of that same team. Correct. But, but, but anyway, back to Loyola. Um, great for them. I mean, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. And, you yeah, know... Yeah, it was, uh, they, they, you know, wrecked everybody's bracket, but it was one of those who cares because... Um, it's so worth rooting for. And do you know who we got to give props to? If anybody listened to our lost episode that was not lost, but was definitely garbled on uh, picking the brackets with Jeremy Johnson of Man Cook Good and uh, Drilling Three Zone, Roscoe P. Roscoe P. picked the Elite Eight run of Loyola, and they exceeded even his wild fantasy because we wow. are living in Westworld. Roscoe nailed it, and they outperformed his prediction. Wow. I missed that. I missed that. Roscoe called Elite Eight. He just, he was down. He knew he knew something he, about them. He just said, I've seen them play. I think they're great. He said, they shoot the hell out of the ball. I think they're going to go to the Elite Eight. Wow. And he tried to walk it back, and Jeremy wouldn't let him, so he eventually stuck to his guns. Good good for him for sticking to his guns. Did, did Roscoe win his? I noticed there wasn't a just-for-fun uh, filibuster freestyle bracket this year. Yeah, I got Dragon rights bracket. Well, the craziest thing was, because the aforementioned Davidson College was in the tournament and because yours truly was getting sent to Idaho with them, I just didn't have any time. Right. But I think Roscoe Makes was sense. in a different bracket, and I do think he, he, he said if somebody wins, he wins because he got, he got all the points for Loyola. Yeah, which literally nobody else got. Certainly nobody in his bracket, because Roscoe doesn't really hang with a heavy Loyola Chicago crew, to my knowledge. Right. Anywho, all right, let's get into two things that are worth spending a little bit of time on, if we, if we so choose. One is too big to talk about, but it's this whole Mueller investigation, which I think is just getting started. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I will plead to, uh, I, I, it is so much for me to pay attention to, and it's so exhausting. Like Yes. And you can get fired up over every little thing, like, you know, how's Trump going to get out of this one? And then two days later, he, like, gets out of it. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm beyond putting much excitement or even, I don't know about faith into them. I'm just going to, like, they'll find what they find, but I'm not going to expect it to be, like, um, this magical thing that, that breaks the Trump presidency. Got it. You yeah. know, I think they'll probably find out he did some shady stuff, um, which... If that's a shock to anybody, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I don't know what to say. I was just going to say hashtag not shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's just amazing that this investigation has been going on and it continues to go on. And you know, the next time Westworld goes off the air and takes another year and a half hiatus, it might still be going on. It still might be going on. This thing could be the this dystopian uh, future narrative for the next three years. Um, yeah. And then finally, as you mentioned earlier, that I want to get to is not so much the shooting that happened at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, but the aftermath of the shooting has been yeah. incredibly significant. Uh, and again, not to, not to make trivial the act of violence, because it, like you said earlier, it happens way too much in America, but the, the aftermath has been unique. And as a school teacher yourself, why don't you take me through your thoughts on it? Well... I mean, first of all, it's just astounding to see what these kids are able to do. Do you know what I mean? And how they're able to For get sure. people to listen to them. I think one of the things we've talked about on the show before is that we are from that micro generation where they say analog, uh, analog, analog childhood. childhood, digital adulthood, right? Yeah. Exennials. So 
these kids now are, are just raised in a purely digital world, right? Yeah, these, can I ask you a question really quickly? Yeah, absolutely. So these kids, because they're not yet in college, I believe they are actually Gen Z, correct? They're not, they're not millennials. I, I think that that distinction is yes, I think so. So that's I don't not, know the exact. I don't know exactly where that line is drawn. I um, would okay. Well, let me let me let me throw this out there, and we'll get we'll get back to these. To these. I think I think it's anyone in college and under is is not a millennial. Okay, I think millennials uh, end around like twenty four right now. I buy that. Okay, good because what I think is that these kids are either full on Gen Z or they're going to be in their own micro generation because I think micro generations are going to be more prevalent because of how fast technology Things changes. Are changing. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. These kids are either Gen Z or some something that we haven't coined a phrase for yet, and they are the first people to grow up in a truly iPhone plugged into my hand when I'm three years old. My, my parents are like, hey, entertain yourself with my phone generation. Right. And they so know how to fight back on trolls. They understand it. They understand it in a way we never will. Correct. And they took that understanding of it and used it to just absolutely change a conversation that has been stagnant and staying in the same place for decades. Correct. And it's really kind of remarkable to see, you know what I mean? And it's one of those things that, um, you know, what's hard about teaching this generation of kids is that they truly come from this completely different background yeah. than, than you or I do. Well, how do you teach somebody if you didn't experience it, right? Well, I mean, that's the heart of teaching anyway. I'm just talking about in, in terms of like, there's just this divide, you know, like, for example, have a, if you have a, if you happen to have find yourself having a conversation with like anybody around of this generation. Okay. And you can ask them a simple question. When is the last time they were somewhere and nobody had any idea where they were? <laughs> right. Zero. Nobody's had it. I, I talked to dozens of kids and so many of them are like, what do you mean? I mean, like, like your parents don't know where you are. Your friends don't know where you are. Like, you just like went off to, and they're like, never. Right. So, like, that they've never been lost. Astounding. They've never been lost. They've never been like alone or lost, or they've always been able to be, connect. <laughs> now, I'm sure there are kids like of that generation that are able to have those experiences, but they're whereas they were very common for you and I growing yeah. up. Yeah. They're increasingly rare. That's fair, man. I'll tell you what, it is, it is very different, too, because so I, I'm too cheap when I go away to, like, Europe or somewhere to get an international plan for, like, a, a week vacation, obviously. Yeah. And so unless you have Wi-Fi, which means you're probably at a hotel or at a cafe and therefore not lost, um, you have no idea where you're going. you got to, like, write crap down. you got to ask directions. Yeah, I'm sure that's fun. It is fun. It's, it reminds me of what it was like to be younger. <laughs> Right. And I don't even mean that in a nostalgic way. I just mean that like in an analog way, which we grew up in an analog world. And you used to have to like know what maps looked like and judge where the sun is by like what time of day it is or what time, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, like I lived in a neighborhood, you know, or not even I lived in a neighborhood, but like, you know, when you were a kid and you were out riding your bike, adults would stop you and ask you for directions. Right. And you knew how to, you knew how to give them. I knew how to give directions when I was 10 years old, probably that better than I do now. No, now. <laughs> That's fair. But, like, you know, yeah, I mean... The other thing yeah, I, I'd say can is... Can you imagine we, how crazy someone would have to be to stop to ask a kid for directions now? Yeah, they, they basically go right into stranger danger. Like, but, your, your phone must better be dead, and you better have, not have a GPS system in your car, like... Right. 
I will say this though, because I'm an I'm an adult, so people do ask me for things. But whenever someone's asking me for directions, it's for something that's like a block away, and they just can't find it. You know what I mean? Like their, their phone's not picking up. On yeah, it. it's yeah, like when the, when the GPS is like too it's like too close. But people aren't like like one time I remember I remember this vividly. It was the last day of school in like middle school, maybe seventh or eighth grade. This dude pulls up, stops on North Street, and he goes, "Hey, is this Medfield?" And I was like, "No." It's Walpole. Yeah. So he goes like, Walpole? And I'm like, yeah, but don't worry. Go down the street, take Longwood, take Independence. You'll be on High Street. Take a right on High Street, and eventually you'll be in Medfield. And I'm like, yeah. 11 years old. Yeah. I was, um, this is kind of an amazing one. It's one, how lost this person got, but two, just how different the world is. I was maybe like 13 or 14. Yeah. Uh, in Islington Center, uh, for those of you uh, familiar with the southeastern mass, you know, the Westwood Norwood area. Um, Route 1. You know, 1A. 1A, Center, my bad, 1A. my bad. Washington Street. Dude, Washington Street, dude pulls over and asks me how to get to Fenway Park. <laughs> I was able to get him probably, you know, I was like, just go this way. I sent him towards the VFW. And I was like, and then just kind of take the VFW in towards... Um, Fenway. Yeah, look for the Jamaica Way, look for signs for Fenway. You'll be right. there in a half an hour if there's no traffic. But could you ask like a 13-year-old now in Islington Center how to get to Fenway Park? They'd have no idea. Unless they had their phone on them. Right. Exactly. They'd have no idea. So anyway, these kids are li- we're living in a completely different world, but in this case, because... They used it to their benefit. Right, it's working, Exactly. They're, they're not using it against us because I agree with their premise and I agree with what they're saying. Oh yeah, I'm all in on what they're doing. They're, they're using it against people who don't agree. They're, they're using it in a way that adults just weren't able to. It's, it's, um, it's remarkable. It's, it's pretty inspiring to me to see. Yeah, I, I hate to say that I'm excited to see positive. Or I hate to say there's positivity coming out of something like this, but you know what? At the end of the day, there's going to keep being shootings until something changes. Right. Um, and so if somebody can finally be the unlikely hero, the unlikely change agent, and by somebody I mean all of them, not just one person, um, better, better, better that than have it be another just senseless killing that doesn't change the runway for the next senseless killing, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. There's, there, there's going to be other ones, unfortunately, right? Right. But there hasn't been one since... Mm. Marjorie Stoneham Douglas. Mm. So they're literally writing the script for what happens after him now. Wow. Yeah. Well, knock on so, wood that it's, yeah. It's, you know, yeah. Pray that it doesn't happen again. But like we've been praying for a long time that it doesn't happen again. And turns out that doesn't work because it keeps happening and again. Like, unfortunately, reality, you know, it's going to happen again, most likely. Right. But right. these kids have written the script for, for what, what you do afterwards. Correct. And it's the most impressive thing I've seen uh, people under 20 one do in yeah. a long, long time. Yeah, and, Maybe and, ever. and Maybe what's ever. amazing is like they are forcing the most ridiculous ideas. And and we talked about this and I can give you a take on it if you want. Like like literally like they, they've 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 pushed it forward so far that like the you know the NRA can't say anymore, well it's our right, you know, just it's our right. Now the NRA has to present solutions. Which it turns out the NRA is terrible at presenting solutions because their only solution has been armed teachers. Correct. Which is Which by the way, again, you're insane dribble. Like, did you go into teaching to ever wield a gun or be a security guard? No. That's why you're a teacher, not a security guard. Yeah, well, I mean, and um, I can't remember the exact statistic, but there was a study a few years ago of New York City police officers. Yep. 
and how often they hit moving targets. Yep. It's like 20%. And they're professionals. Yeah. Like, they literally have to train all the time for specifically that scenario. So you're telling me that professional baseball players are more, are more likely to get a hit than police officers are to hit a moving target despite also being professionals. And again, I'm, it's not an apples-to-apples argument, but my point is, if you hit 200 in, in Major League Baseball, you go, to, you go to the minors, and then you wash out, and you become a regular yeah, unless person. unless you're hitting 40 home runs. Correct. So my point is, if New York City police officers are hitting 20% of their targets, and that's normal, teachers are going to hit like 4%. Right. This is not supposed to be a dig on New York City police officers. Not at all. I'm not saying, at all. like, if that's how... It's hard to hit a moving target. I ever could do it. Right. How terrible am I? Like, in a situation I'm not trained to deal with at all. Correct. And by the way, the baseball analogy is already, I can poke a hole in it, which is the pitcher has to throw it close to you because they have to throw a strike. <laughs> right. The person you're trying to shoot is like, don't shoot me, I'm out of here. So. Right, right. They're not staying in a small yeah. box. So, yeah, to the NYPD, you know, we're, not, we're not in no way disparaging what you do. Yeah, no. So here's the here's how I would can, like you know if people ask me what's my take on arming teachers, right? Sure. I'll give you and the listeners of the filibuster freestyle a uh, uh, a chance to partake in the same ex- thought experiment. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give you about let's say I'm not going to really give you 30 seconds because nobody mm-hmm. wants to listen to 30 seconds of silence of you thinking. Yes. But. Imagine you have 30 seconds. Okay. If you're listening to the podcast, you can pause and take the 30 seconds. I'm going to have you come up with two lists. Okay. One list is five teachers you had that you would have felt totally comfortable knowing <laughs> they had a gun in their classroom. <laughs> yep. And list two is going to be five teachers you had that you think, thank God they didn't have a gun in their classroom. That one's and easier. I want you to tell me which list you come up with quicker. Yeah, I was going to say the latter list. I've already come up with like six. Right, exactly. And I'm doing this in real time, everybody. There's no pause button for your... your, your no, there's no pause button. Truth. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the argument against guns arming teachers for everybody. That's pretty smart. That's a great argument. I like it. Um, let's leave that there, man, because I think that's... I wanted to hear your take because you're, you're close to the situation in terms of your profession. I agree. Looking back on it, a lot of those teachers were great people, but in the moment, I ticked a lot of those teachers off. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Right, and, and, and them being the one to defend you? Also I true. I mean, it's just insane. Like, it's statistically, statistically, nobody is safer with more guns. Right. Now, if you want to make that choice for your family, go for it. But you don't get to make that choice for every kid in America. Right. Well, it's another one of those things where it's like, yeah, you, you can do what you want. Like, you know, again, we'll, we'll close it with President Trump because, again, we skipped like 500 things he's done in the last 17 months. Right. You right. Can, and this is all in 17 months. You can run. 16 months. I keep saying 17. You, I started with 17. It, basically, when the show airs again, it will have been 17 months. Okay. Anyway, you can run Trump International however you want. You just can't run the free world however you want. Yeah, right. Right. Going back to your Congress's terrible customer service. Yeah, right. Um, you can be a bad whatever. Just you know, do it on your own time. Right, right. Stop doing it on my time and everybody else's time. And, and stop forcing me to pay you to do it. Exactly. Even though it's only like what, like one cent that we're paying, and you know, 
out of my actual taxes. But you know what? You you get the point. Oh, I get the point. I don't like it. All right, everybody. Philbusterfreestyle.com is where you can find this episode and others. You can find our Westworld HBO section. Catch up on all Andrew and I's uh, recaps of the first season back in 2016. Season I two. I will be doing the same. Yep. I will be doing the same to prep. It's good season prep, I think. No doubt. Season two. I believe April 22nd is when it comes out. We'll be doing some recaps along the way. We haven't talked about how many yet. We'll probably do at least four or five of them along the course of the 10-episode season. Andrew, thanks for being on, my man. Thank you for having me. You got it, everybody else. Have a good week. Andrew, stick around and catch up. Thanks, everybody.